Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 38. Let's go. Episode number 38 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. Back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging on the social media platforms. I truly, 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 truly appreciate all the love and the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. And thank you to all the people out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with thank yous. The thank yous are very, 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 very important. And we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. I'm in a great mood, fantastic mood. I was so excited to come in and pod. We are fully, fully, fully packed today, fully packed today. So we are going to have a great, great, great show. A lot of things to talk about for this week. So... I'm ready. I hope you are. Let's go. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was a certified, bona fide, banger, banger. It is called Running by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin off the album Savage Mode 2. Shout out to 21 Savage. Shout out to Metro Boomin. They killed this album. They, they killed it. 21 and Metro always make good things together. And 21 has definitely evolved as an artist from his debut or from his very first mixtape where maybe he wasn't a lot of people's cup of tea. But after, uh, uh, what album was that? I think it was called I Am a Greater Than I Was, something like that. It came out in 2019. You see, like, 21 Savage obviously is a street guy. He raps about street shit, but, and he makes, obviously, ATL trap sounding joints, and they're fire, but he also, also makes amazing, uh, uh, sort of introspective music that you have to, like, listen to, because it's usually blended over trap beats, but 
he is like definitely in my opinion in my opinion evolved as an artist to where yes he'll still give you the trap sound he'll still give you the hard beats he'll still talk about killing people and selling drugs but he'll also give you other types of songs that are also still very very good and him and metro Boomin is is just bread and butter together him and metro Boomin is bread and butter together savage mode 2 I'm calling it right now. I, you know, I'm mentally thinking about my top 10 albums for 2020. It's on there. It is on that list in the top 10 best albums of the year. They, they did a thing on it with Morgan Freeman doing the whole narration through the whole album. Guys, if you haven't listened to that, I suggest you listen to it. It is great. It is absolutely great. Shout out to 21 Savage, shout out to Metro Boomin, shout out to Atlanta, Georgia. Savage Mode 2 definitely, definitely is worth a listen and is going to be in my top 10 albums of 2020. Yay! Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is South Bronx United, SBU, was born out of the idea that community youth needed an engaging program to connect to and keep them off the streets and that youth passionate about soccer should have a program in which to develop. South Bronx United uses soccer as a tool for social change. It aims to build youth character, teamwork, and leadership so that they can succeed in high school, college, careers, their community, and beyond. South Bronx United strives to promote educational achievement, health and wellness, and character development through activities on and off the soccer field and to unite a diverse group of individuals and an incredibly diverse community toward common positive goals. For more information on this program, you can visit SouthBronxUnited.org. That is your Bronx Fact for episode number 38. Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we are getting right to the shits. Our top topic this week um, is something that is very important, very, very important. Um, at the beginning of each show, I say, always say it, I always say it, and I truly mean it. Thank you to all the people out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. And the way that you can use your voice is not necessarily just a conversation, but it's what you post on social media, what you would like to bring attention to. If you uh, are, are a creator, the way that you use your art to Uh, exhibit positive messages, the way that you use your uh, movements to exhibit positive messages, all of it matters and all of it is vital um, to keeping the the train of young people um, activated in the causes that affect our society. So um, this is an issue that I legitimately had like 
no idea of. I've maybe heard of it once or twice, but I didn't really understand it. I didn't know anything about it. Obviously, I didn't want to bring anything to the podcast that I didn't know about. So again, this is where the using your voices on social media um, is important or using your voices in general is important. So I'm scrolling through social media and I keep seeing the same hashtag over and over again. And I didn't understand what it was at the time. So the hashtag is hashtag end SARS. So I'm saying to myself, well, what is this? End SARS, end SARS. Usually SARS is referred to as a uh, as a viral infection that you can contract. COVID is a variation of SARS um, in terms on the medical side. So I'm like, okay, and SARS, I thought it was related to the COVID crisis um, or just that in general. So uh, the more people have posted it on social media, and again, thank you to everyone who has, um, the more I would say, okay, let me take some time and actually read up on this and to understand what this is. So the person where I actually gained the most information on this on social media is from an account called the Slacktivists, which is a me- news and media website. And this is literally, I, f- I saw this on Instagram. Someone had posted it in their Instagram story. I just clicked it and there was plenty of great information on it. So shout out to the Slacktivist. I, I really, really appreciate you guys just putting this out on social media with great information on this. So I want to share it with you guys on the pod, people who maybe who aren't familiar or people who don't use social media like that. So here it is. Um, This is according to them. Nigerians have been protesting to, quote, hashtag end SARS, a unit of the Nigerian police force known for brutality, physical and sexual violence, extra to judicial killings, extortion, intimidation and other abuses. Nigerian protesters have been tear gassed and repressed by police while the government has resisted their calls to eliminate the SARS police unit. Nigerians are protesting to disband SARS and enact structural police reform. Protesters are demanding police accountability for officers who commit abuse and compensation for victims and their families. A brief background on SARS. SARS is an acronym that stands for Special Anti-Robbery Squad. SARS is a unit of the Nigerian police force designed to handle violent crimes like kidnapping, armed robbery, and theft. However, for years, SARS officers have been abusing their power, harassing civilians, and extorting Nigerians with impunity. These abuses include arbitrary and unlawful arrests or detentions, violent or unwarranted searches, unmarked cars and not wearing uniforms, extortion, bribery, and exorbitant bail fees, sexual violence and assault, abductions and torture, extrajudicial killings, targeting young people with smartphones, laptops, expensive cars, clothing, tattoos, and piercings. What is the hashtag end SARS movement? The hashtag end SARS movement is a call to disband the SARS police unit due to the abuse and lack of accountability. The end SARS movement was launched as early as 2017. The movement also calls for larger restructuring and reorganization of police, ending impunity for abusive officers, investigating and charging abusive officers, suspending officers accused with abuse without pay, compensating victims and their families, 
establishing an investigative committee to oversee current and past grievances of SARS brutality. The end SARS movement was originally targeted at just SARS, but now it has become a broader call to reform all police in Nigeria. Recent end SARS protests began after a video was released showing a SARS officer who shot a young man. Authorities denied the validity of the video, but the man who filmed it was arrested. This sparked people to share more videos, photos, and stories of police abuse on social media in Nigeria with the hashtag and SARS. Protesters in Nigeria and internationally are demanding that SARS be disbanded and Nigerian police be held accountable. These protests are being met with police resistance and repression with officers firing tear gas at protesters. Police brutality is rooted in the colonialist structure as police continue to protect the country's ruling elite. Nearly one out of three officers provide security for Nigeria's elite population rather than normal police duties. Since 2014, Amnesty International has documented human rights violations by SARS. Detailed reports show a pattern of abuse by SARS officers, lack of police accountability from Nigerian governments. Few cases are investigated and officers are rarely charged for abuse. Today, police abuse in Nigeria has increased due to lack of funding, training, and accountability. SARS and other police forces have abused their power and authority to extort people. So what can you do? You know, obviously, that's a lot of information that I just read to you. There's a lot of uh, you may have a lot of feelings as to what, you know, how, how that makes you feel as a person, you know, even if you're not connected to the situation. So what can you do? Obviously, you know, you probably think, well, you know, I'm all the way in America and this is happening in Africa. What can you do? Here are some suggestions. Though many protests are occurring in Nigeria, you can support protesters and take a stand against police violence too. Five, one, amplifying the voices of Nigerians and using the end SARS hashtag and end SARS now hashtag on social media. Two, sharing news about Nigeria and SARS on your social media platforms. Three, Staying educated and up to date on the news and protests in Nigeria. Four, participating in a protest near you. Five, donations. Uh, there is a link. Uh, it is. I'll give the website in the description of this podcast and I'll read it here um, at HTTPS colon double slash end SARS dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O https colon double slash and sars dot c a r r d dot c o and finally you can sign the petition to hashtag and sars um i just thought like this was very 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 important i thought it was i thought it was amazing that literally like i had no knowledge of this and someone literally just used their voice on social media, put out a very informative, brief article to inform me because I literally had no information on this just to inform me about it. The, the background, 
what's currently happening, how people are resisting it and how we can help. Like it was I just so appreciative for this this thing on Instagram on my phone that it just gave me so much more knowledge than I had previously on this issue, which is a very important issue. Um, so I will say it. And this is like reaffirming to me. Thank you to everyone who uses their voices to affect change in a positive way. The ways that you can use your voice are so much greater with the Internet, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you can start petitions on change.org very easily. Kickstarters to fund different social campaigns. Um, you know, obviously, like. The world is is happening so quickly, it's some, sometimes it's hard to just keep up with the things that are happening um, and uh, it could be sometimes overwhelming. But the the outpouring of people who are are just activating themselves is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm so happy to be a part of it with this podcast, you know, however many people tune in weekly and hear it. Um, but I, I, I just think that it's a great, great, great movement that's happening at this point in history. 2020, obviously, is a year that a lot of people may want to forget, but it's definitely an important year for a lot of things. Mainly the the number of people who are just sick and tired, to be frank, of sitting on the sidelines and they are getting out there organizing mobilizing and literally uniting to fight all these injustices happening in the world and this shit is amazing it's honestly amazing like to see it just so many people who want to unite because they we all they they have understood that we are stronger together and they are not afraid to just put out these messages of positivity and how we can help other areas that are being uh, taken advantage of or slighted or maligned and how literally we showing the powers that be that the, when the people unite, when the people band together, when the people are all going on one accord, that it has to be respected. So you may not like it. Obviously, powers that be want to keep the power structures the way that they currently are because that benefits them. But when they when the people have had enough they band together, they're united, they cannot be torn apart, and they're all fighting and organized for the for the the change that they want to see. The powers that be have no choice but to listen to the people. And I just think that shit is incredible. I think that shit is incredible. So I'm so proud of everyone out there using their voice. This shit is amazing. I'm so happy to be a part of it, even on a small level, like a small podcast from the Bronx, New York. I just think that any way that you guys can help, any way that you guys can put out these positive messages, it is amazing. And it is so helpful um, just to the to the causes um, and the worldwide causes, I should say, and fighting injustice on a global scale. Um, so, you know, I was just so happy that I was able to read that really quickly. It just gained some information. And I, of course, had to bring it to the podcast. I thought it was very, very important to bring here. And hopefully, um, you know, people out there who maybe haven't heard about this, not as connected on social media, 
are able to just get a little bit of facts on it and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully it inspires you um, to want to get more informed and possibly um, contribute to the cause. So thank you again to everyone on social media who has been um, uh, uh, exhibit uh, exhibiting these messages and spreading the word on this this current world happening. Thank you to the Slacktivists on Instagram. Um, and hopefully uh, this can inspire more people to get more informed and hopefully help uh, with this with this uh, uh, serious, very serious issue happening abroad. And moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. I'm saying this and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys are amazing. You guys love me and I appreciate it so much. You never have let me down with the questions, with the comments, with the constructive criticism, with the great compliments that I receive. And I'm so appreciative and I'm so grateful for it. So, of course, we're going to answer some of the questions that we have received here. The first one says, I'd be absolutely rolling when you discuss how much you dislike Bill O'Brien. Why do you feel that way about him? (laughs) Well, first of all, fuck Bill O'Brien. I need to say that Um, Bill O'Brien is a former he's an NFL coach or, or, or a football coach, I should say. Formerly employed by the New England Patriots, um, by Penn State Football College, and by the Houston Texas as their head coach. Um, it, he was the the offensive coordinator or offensive assistant coach um, with the Patriots for a while. And then he took the job with Penn State shortly after the uh, Joe Paterno-Jerry Sandusky fiasco. And then he springboarded from there to the Houston Texans. Um he was recently fired as well by the Houston Texans. Um, the reason why I have so much disdain and dislike for Bill O'Brien is because he's a racist. In my opinion, he's a racist. Um, and, and I don't have any tolerance for that. I don't have any tolerance for that. Unfortunately, the way that uh, uh, pro coaching or amateur coaching like in the NCAA goes, it's, you know, coaches have uh, uh, more authority. Now, there are, of course, superstar players like who will have a big say or big uh, uh, input. But as it the player coach relationship goes, it's usually the coach in a position of power. The hierarchy, of course, is the owner, then the general manager and then the coach and then the star quarterback or the star player. That's usually the hierarchy. Um, and I just think that when you are a person in position of power, sometimes it can go to your head, obviously. But. When you want to use your power to 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 be a racist or to be a, a bigot or prejudiced toward uh, a black people, black players, um, that just doesn't sit right with me and it never will. So, uh, well, obviously, what has made, led you to believe that Joe uh, that um, 
Bill O'Brien is a racist. In earlier this year, 2020, um, Bill O'Brien had a meeting with his star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. People in the NFL know or familiar with the NFL know who DeAndre Hopkins is. He is the best receiver in the National Football League, not named Julio Jones in terms of productivity, in terms of consistency, and in terms of uh, uh, off-the-field relations, meaning like he doesn't get into problems. He's a very likable person. He never is in the news, never in the police uh, uh, reports or anything like that. So DeAndre Hopkins was uh, called into a meeting by Bill O'Brien earlier this year. I want to say in about February, maybe not even February, let's say middle to late March, early April. Um, and Bill O'Brien had some quote unquote grievances to air to DeAndre Hopkins, where he told DeAndre Hopkins that one, he has a negative influence on the team. And two, he does not like that he brings his baby mamas around the facilities. That's what he said. That is not a lie. That is not a fabrication. That is not an embellishment. So I had to, you know, I said, okay, well, first, obviously the baby mama comment is completely inappropriate. You, That's inappropriate. But I said, all right, maybe has DeAndre Hopkins been a negative influence on the team? Meaning, has he been a person involved with uh, illegal activity or uh, 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 being uh, reprimanded uh, through the law, as in you know getting DUIs or being convicted of domestic abuse or anything of the nat- of that nature. Said you know let me do my research. DeAndre Hopkins is a model citizen. Never been in any trouble with the law. Never been in any domestic uh, uh, abuse allegations or convictions. Never uh, d- been engaged with any illegal activity. As has been a pillar of his community. He's from South Carolina. He always represents it. He has never done anything of that nature. So I said, hmm, why would he say that? And then I learned when he was a assistant coach with the New England Patriots, obviously, who was the star quarterback at the time of the New England Patriots? Tom Brady, the quote unquote GOAT quarterback in the NFL. People who know Tom Brady obviously know that Tom Brady is white. Also, what does Tom Brady have? Children by multiple women. Now ask yourself, would Bill O'Brien ever, ever fix his fucking mouth to say that he doesn't want Tom Brady's baby mamas around? Or is he very comfortable saying that to a black person also because he knows that he is in a position of power? You let me know. Hit me up and tell me. But in my opinion, Bill O'Brien's a racist. Fuck Bill O'Brien. And I hope nothing good ever happens to Bill O'Brien again. Also, he's incompetent. It's not just he's a racist. It's not just that he's bigoted. He's also incompetent. So he trades DeAndre Hopkins away (laughs) to the Arizona Cardinals for a running back. And for a second round pick, he trades away uh, a first round pick and a second round pick to the Miami Dolphins for an offensive lineman. And the Houston Texans are in a position now where they will probably only win, let's say, if I'm being friendly, they'll probably only win three to four games, possibly being uh, a team eligible for the first overall pick in the draft. 
But since Bill O'Brien is so incompetent, he traded those away, those picks, right? So in theory, the Houston Texans could win a very low amount of games and be in position to have the number one overall pick in the draft. But guess what? They won't have it because Bill O'Brien traded it away. So again, fuck Bill O'Brien. I think he's a racist. I hope nothing good ever happens to him. And I hope that this is a hard lesson learned that when you think that you you hot shit, that, you know, your actions will definitely come back to haunt you. So fuck Bill O'Brien. Absolutely. Fuck Bill (laughs) O'Brien. The next one says, what is a TV show that you would like to appear on? Oh, yes. My number one, Jeopardy. Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. Shout out to Alex Trebek. I love Jeopardy. I watch Jeopardy every day. Every day I watch Jeopardy. I want to get on Jeopardy. I do. I want to get on Jeopardy. Um, That's number one. Number one. My second is I love cooking shows as well. I would love to be like a guest judge on one of those cooking shows like Top Chef or Chopped or or uh, uh, guys grocery games or something like that. Just eating that good ass food. And these chefs be talented as hell because these cooking shows, they get more and more difficult. They'll be like, all right, we want you to make a five course dinner with two beans, one, (laughs) one slice of chicken and three pieces of broccoli. And they fucking make a gourmet feast. I definitely want to get on one of those cooking shows. I want to be a guest judge. And the last is Sneaker Shopping. That is a show on Complex Media hosted by Joe LaPuma, where uh, him and various public figures go to a sneaker store. They talk about fashion. They talk about um, what sneakers they liked and what sneakers they grew up on. And then at the end, you buy sneakers. So that's my shit. So definitely Jeopardy, a guest judge on any cooking show and sneaker shopping, 100%. And the last one says, what is your favorite Instagram account to follow? Okay, that's good. That's a good question. Well, my IG feed is crazy. My feed is crazy. Not necessarily from my followers or people I follow. I'm just meaning like the explore page. And that's where you spend most of your time anyway. My IG explore page is literally five things. Cat videos, food, sneakers, sports, and big old butts. Big old butts. That is my entire Instagram explore page. That is the only things that I see on my Instagram Explore page. Um, My IG algorithm is crazy. It's crazy. Um, But my favorite account on Instagram to follow is an account called Milo the Cat. M-Y-L-O-T-H-E-C-A-T. Milo the Cat. And Milo the Cat's videos are amazing because he is a, I guess, an animator. And what he does is he takes old school cartoons so scooby-doo uh um you know uh power not power rangers uh like transformers uh yogi bear the jetsons the flintstones old school cartoons and he'll redub them with hip-hop tracks and it's awesome it's super super awesome so um the first time i saw it i don't even remember what it was i think it was ned flanders he had taken ned flanders a character from the simpsons and he had redubbed dos effects over it and i was like what is this this is cool he does it with so many great uh cartoons he does it with so many great hip-hop artists it's amazing if you haven't seen it again it's called his his account is called milo the cat it is amazing he takes old school cartoons and he redubs them 
with classic hip hop tracks. It is an IG account that is absolutely incredible. If you have not seen it, I suggest you check that out. That joint is great. You'll love it. You will love it. You will absolutely love it. And thank you again, guys, for the questions. I really, truly appreciate them, man. I really, truly appreciate y'all. I appreciate that you guys listen. I appreciate that you guys support me. I appreciate that you guys want to know shit about me. I appreciate that you guys give a fuck. I appreciate the great compliments that you guys send me. And, uh, man, it's just such a blessing, man. I just feel so blessed. I just feel so blessed to be able to to just do this pod and have people ask questions and people listen to it and it's just so great, man. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, guys, for all the questions and for all your love and for all of your support. Next on the docket, we are going to talk about a topic that is very prevalent on this brief history of the Bronx Bars podcast Carl Cassidy. Carl Cassidy. What is Carl Cassidy? Again, that's a term I got from my guys, Jesus and Merrill, Bronx Legends. Carl Cassidy just means the audacity of the Caucasian people. So this week in, well, actually, before I even tell you what this week in Caucasity has been, it's been a very interesting year for Caucasity. On this show alone, we have covered the Caucasity of Chet Hanks, Donald Trump, Jessica Krug, Elon Musk and his uh, partner Grimes naming their child XAEA-12, the guy at the time, the town hall meeting, who, had, who was complaining about boneless chicken wings, we have had a great year of Caucasity. But this is the latest in the Caucasity Chronicles. This is story is about Jeffrey Tubin. No! No! <laughs> this article is from the New York Times, uh, <laughs> and the headline reads, New Yorker, suspends Jeffrey Tubin after Zoom incident. In a statement, the magazine said that it was investigating a matter involving the author and a CNN legal analyst. Quote, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera, Jeffrey Tubin said in a statement. So what did Jeffrey Tubin do? Here he goes. The New Yorker said on Monday that it had suspended the staff writer Jeffrey Tubin after he exposed himself during a Zoom call last week with employees of the magazine and WNYC radio, according to two people familiar with the call. Staff writers at The New Yorker and employees of WNYC, which jointly produced the magazine's podcast, were on a video call prepping for election night coverage, according to Vice, who first reported this episode. During a pause in the call for breakout sessions, Mr. Tubin switched to a second call that was the video call equivalent of phone sex, according to the two people familiar with the call who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Asked Monday afternoon about reports that he had exposed himself, Mr. Tubin said in a statement, quote, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. I apologize to my wife, my family, my friends, and my co-workers. 
I thought I had muted the Zoom video, he added. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. When asked by email on Monday evening about the nature of the second call, Mr. Tubin, 60 years old, declined to comment further. A spokeswoman for The New Yorker, where Mr. Tubin had worked for more than 25 years, said in a statement, Mr. Tubin has been suspended while we investigate the manner. Per Vice, both people who spoke on the condition of anonymity in order to speak freely noted it was unclear how much in each individual person on the call saw. But both of the people we spoke to said they saw Tubin jerking off. <laughs> the two sources described a juncture in the election simulation when there was a strategy session and the Democrats and Republicans went into their respective break rooms for about 10 minutes. At this point, they said it seemed like Tubin was on a second video call. The sources said that when the groups returned from out of their break rooms, Tubin lowered the camera. The people on the call said that they could see Tubin touching his penis. <laughs> he then left the call. Moments later, he called back in, seemingly unaware at what his colleagues had been able to see. And the simulation continued. While Tubin has yet to tweet since the incident took place, he has since appeared on CNN. Jeffrey Tubin has been suspended while we investigate the matter, said New York New Yorker spokesman Natalie Rabb. CNN, meanwhile, shared a statement indicated that Tubin asked for some time off. <laughs> what a year this has been for Caucasity. This has been a amazing time for Caucasity from everything that Donald Trump has done from the COVID to people protesting COVID. Literally, people are out protesting a virus. <laughs> people, uh, uh, we got uh, Jessica Krug, the, uh, the professor who lived most of her adult life pretending to be black. We got Elon Musk naming his kid whatever the fuck he named it. It has just been a, it has been a, 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 a plethora of Caucasity incidents and it has been a year of the Caucasity, man. It has been such a year for Caucasity. Um, I, I think that Jessica Krug is still Caucasity of the year um, just because she pretended to be black for her whole life and she got away with it mostly. Um, but Jeffrey Tubin jacking it. <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin jacking it on the call, man. That's crazy. And it, what's funny, what's really, really, really funny about this to me is he said that he thought he was off of the call because he muted it. Like, that is so funny to me. Fam, you muted it, which means you got rid of the sound. You did not get rid of the video, my guy. And when you jacking it on camera, uh, I think that everyone can imagine what the sound is like anyway. Yeah, not great. So, two things I want to play you. Um, first is obviously my guys, Jesus and Mero, Bronx Legends. And second is a clip from a person that you probably think would not be discussing issues of indecency, we'll say. First is Diaz and Mero. Second is the surprise guest. I'll tell you who that is after I play them both. <laughs> 
New Yorker writer Jeffrey Tubin got Tubin. a little sussio on Zoom, y'all. That's a new ad lib. Tubin, 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 Tubin. Legal analyst and writer Jeffrey Tubin apologizing after he exposed himself on a Zoom call with colleagues. Tubin says it was a quote, embarrassingly stupid mistake, and he thought he was off camera. That's your explanation? Y'all, uh, my bad. I, I made a mistake. I thought my camera was off. I usually <laughs> jerk off with my camera off in the meetings. He's acting like he made cookies for a daycare, forgot to tell you there's peanuts inside. Like, nah, nah, this is much too serious. You, you had your whole dick on his own, bro. All right. <laughs> You'll make a beef stroking off for the, whole for the whole gallery view. All right. His colleagues tell Vice News reports the 60-year-old was touching himself during a meeting on election coverage. Does Biden really make you that horny, my guy? Like, He's not talking about <laughs> Supreme Court justices and stuff. You know, like, you get to touch oh, God, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, filibuster me, bro. Filibuster uh, yeah. me, yeah, bro. Jeffrey Tubin just watching MSNBC late at night with the volume turned down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Talk about, okay. Yeah, about those election returns. Yeah, ooh. yeah, yeah. Oh, the polls are open. Where? Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Damn, Jeffrey Tubin. At least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. I'm just saying. Now, if you don't know who that voice is at the, the very last clip that I just played, that was OJ Simpson. <laughs> if there's anybody who should not be speaking on matters of indecency, it is OJ Simpson. <laughs> You can't make this shit up, dog. Now, I'm a person who believes that O.J. Simpson was innocent of the most uh, nefarious crime that uh, he was accused of. He was acquitted. If the glove did not fit, you must acquit. But O.J. Simpson definitely has amazing comedic timing because it's like, fam, everybody thinks that you did it. But yet and still, you are just out here talking about other niggas shit. Fam, if there's anybody who needs to keep a low profile, it is O.J. Simpson. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <sighs> Shout out to Beef Jerky Man. Shout out to Beef Jerky Man, Jeffrey Tubin. Holy shit, man. Holy shit. It has been such a crazy year for Caucasity. Oh. <sighs> What do you even say? Like, what what do you even say about this 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 occurrence or this caucasity? Man, you you white people out here, man, y'all are nuts. Y'all are fucking nutcases, dog. Y'all are fucking nutcases. But shout out to y'all providing premium content for this podcast. And I encourage Carcassity to continue so I have more shit to talk about. Thank you, Jeffrey Tubin, Beef Jerky Man. Next on the docket, I want to ask one brief question. This is a brief story, and then we'll, I'll ask the question, and then I'll read the story to you really quickly. What is the best fast food restaurant? Obviously, most people would just automatically think, you know, Popeyes, uh, uh, you know, KFC, Burger King, uh, Wendy's, uh, uh, Chick Fil A. That's my favorite. Uh, you know restaurants of that ilk but obviously in terms of popularity 
we all know the number one fast food chain is McDonald's, right? We just know it. We just, everyone knows that is McDonald's. The first thing, when you think of fast food, you think of McDonald's. So how does this relate to this story that I want to tell you guys today? There is an article out that I'm going to read to you um, about an occurrence involving McDonald's and how a person was just ba-da-ba-ba-ba loving it. The article reads, drunk New York school bus driver took students to pick up McDonald's. <laughs> a New York bus driver has been hit with multiple criminal charges after it was discovered that she had driven students while drunk and that she had made a pit stop at McDonald's to get some breakfast. <laughs> The New York Post reports that LaShonda Griffin, damn it, had to be a sister, damn it, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> was arrested at the Gates Chili School District School Bus Depot on Friday in Rochester, New York. She passed out after dropping the students off at school with a blood alcohol content higher than the legal limit. The 29-year-old drove six students ages 5 to 16 years old on her bus to North Star Christian Academy that morning. One kid said that Griffin told students we're going to stop at McDonald's quick. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> she also brought at least two students into the fast food spot to pick up her food. To be honest, I was a little bit confused by it in, exchange, in an exchange with Tutu Tran, a student who told the news stations. All of the students had gotten off the bus before she was found incapacitated in the driver's seat and failed a sobriety test. Quote, we are very lucky this situation that all the children were delivered to school, uh, delivered to school from home safely and that the driver had returned the bus back to the garage. Gates Police Lieutenant Robert Long told Syracuse.com. Griffin is facing multiple counts of DUI and child endangerment. She was given an appearance ticket and let go. The school said the district had employed Griffin on a probationary period and they're taking the time to review safety protocols with all drivers, according to the outlet. While the district cannot comment directly on personal matters, we can say that this is an egregious violation of our policies and practices like this will never be tolerated, the district said. <laughs> McDonald's has definitely got that hold on people, man. It got that hold on people. It got it. Shorty was fucking shit-faced. And needed to get something to eat. She said, kids, we are going to McDonald's because I got to have it. And I am ba-da-ba-ba-ba loving it. Shout out to shout out to this lady, man. Shout out to this lady. I swear, like, McDonald's is that. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know what they put in that food, man. I don't know. Me, I try my best not to eat fast food anymore. Like, the least fast food I eat, the better for me. I have not had McDonald's or any fast food chains in about a year. Uh, shout out to me. But I like I completely understand because you everyone's been drunk before. Everyone's been fucked up and they just need to get something to eat real quick. And you go to McDonald's, you get that breakfast, that McGriddle, that egg McMuffin, them hash browns. Or you go a little late, get you some chicken nuggets a few McDoubles, you'll be all right. You'll be good. And you go right to sleep. Like, man, I really like I felt I felt all of that. 
I felt all of that. Now, we must say, also, she definitely drove the kids to school. She got them there. I mean, she did her job. She didn't do it in the most traditional of senses. Um, And, of course, you don't want anyone driving under the influence, especially handling children. But, hey, she did do her job. I mean, we have to mention that. Shorty did do her job. Shout out to LaShonda Griffin, who ba-da-ba-ba-ba was loving it. (laughs) She had to have it. That McGriddle was calling her name. That McGriddle was calling her name. Shout out to LaShonda Griffin and round of applause for her because she just was ba-da-ba-ba-ba loving it. What do we got next? What's next here? Oh, man. Okay, so remember, guys, today I'm recording. This is October the 24th. Um, The election is very, very, very fast approaching. The election day uh, is November the 3rd. That's a Tuesday. The early voting period has already started. Um, and it's very important for people to get out and vote. I truly, truly believe that. It is very, very, very important for people to get out and vote. Um, you know, we have a very, is a very uh, important time right now. With all the turmoil and shit that's happening in 2020. So it's very, very important, in my opinion, for people to go out and vote. Uh, I say all that to say, um, I was on uh, uh, social media and I saw two or three, three great videos. I hope I have time enough to squeeze them all in. Um, uh, in in terms of pundits or people speaking on Donald J. Trump, the current president, a person that I am not a fan of. I, it's clear. I, I'm not trying to hide it. I'm not trying to be partisan. I'm not trying to play both sides of the fence. I am not a fan of Donald Trump. I do not support Donald Trump. He needs to go. He needs to go. So I want to play you two, three, two or three clips, hopefully uh, all three if I have enough time, um, of people speaking on Donald Trump. The first two are from former President Barack Obama. Now, I want to play these two because Obizi was in his bag. Obizi was in his bag. He was on he was in his bag. He was roasting this boy, roasting this boy like a, like the Comedy Central roasts, roasting this boy Obizi. And someone I got this from Charlemagne the God on Instagram, but someone had taken. I don't know if he did it himself. I'm saying someone took his one of his clips or one of his uh, excerpts from his speech and layered the ether beat, <laughs> which is the number one rap diss song ever. If you heard episode 22 of this podcast, um, someone took the ether beat and layered it underneath Obama speaking on Donald Trump. So I got to play that shit for you. And the next one is from Michael Smith, a great, great, great sports uh, analyst or commentator or writer or whatever you want to call him. Um, and he was speaking on Donald Trump as well. Hopefully I have enough time to play all three of the clips. If not, hey, whatever. But here it is. Obama first and then Michael Smith. They keep on promising we're going to have a great replacement. They said it's coming. It's been coming in two weeks for the last 10 years. Where is it? Where where is this great plan to replace Obamacare? They've had 10 years to do it. There is no plan. They've never had one. Instead, they've attacked the Affordable Care Act at every turn, driving up costs, driving up the uninsured. 
Now they're trying to dismantle your care in the Supreme Court in the middle of a pandemic with nothing but empty promises to take its place. We know that he continues to do business with China because he's got a secret Chinese bank account. How is that possible? How is that possible? A secret Chinese bank account. Listen, can you imagine if I had had a secret Chinese bank account when I was running for re-election? You think, you think, my, you think Fox News might have been a little concerned about that? They would have called me Beijing Barry. It is not a great idea to have a president who owes a bunch of money to people overseas. That's, that's not a good idea. I mean, of the taxes Donald Trump pays, he may be sending more to foreign governments than he pays in the United States. Fam, whoever idea that was to, <laughs> to layer the ether beat over that excerpt was amazing. That was fucking incredible. Shout out to OBZ. OBZ was in his bag on that shit. You know what? I'm going to just fuck. I'm just going to play all the rest of the clips. I had three. I was worried about playing all three, but I'm going to play the other two of them. Um, this is also from Barack Obama, and then the last will be from Michael Smith. We're not going to have a president that goes out of his way to insult anybody who doesn't support him or, or, or threaten them with jail. That's not normal presidential behavior. We wouldn't tolerate it from a high school principal. We wouldn't tolerate it from a, a coach. We wouldn't tolerate it from a co-worker. We, we wouldn't tolerate it in our own family, except for maybe crazy uncle somewhere, you know. Yeah, he's, 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 I mean, we, why would we expect and ex accept this from the president of the United States? And how, why are folks making excuses for that? Oh, well, that's just, that's just him. No, it's, no. There are consequences to these actions. They embolden other people to be cruel and divisive and racist. And it frays the fabric of our society. And it affects how our children see things. And it affects the ways that our families get along. It affects how the world looks at America. Did you see the latest? Did you see the latest? Like, this is what oh, with me the out. bank account? The, with the bank account? Yes! The Chinese bank account. I mean, he is literally going to, on tomorrow night, if this debate happens, he is going to talk over a mute button. And he is going to claim that Joe Biden is soft on China. He is going to tell Joe Biden that he's soft on China. And he has got right. business interests out the wazoo. Same as he was trying to get a Trump Tower in Moscow. He's been trying to have real estate in China. Has an active Chinese bank account. I think he cleared $15 million or so from a withdrawal or something. Oh, you know, it's incredible. And then, I mean, but the hypocrisy, the hubris is like, this is not, he thinks people are, are stupid. People are really just stupid. I'm sorry. And I don't give a damn who that insults. Because the man is like, hey, Bill Barr. I want you, because he treats Bill Barr like he's Rudy Giuliani, like it's his personal right. lawyer. I want you to investigate corruption on the part of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden 
I want you to investigate corruption. Bro, you got impeached over said corruption. Like, how can, so how can he sit up at a rally so, and say, they're like that's a crime my point. family. They're so, corrupt. And people will cheer this, and it's like, but like, I, this, is, this is not the pot calling the kettle black. This is not people in glass houses throwing bricks. This is something altogether different. And it amazes me, it incenses me, that this comes out day after day, and it doesn't seem to move the needle. To your point, Michael, move the needle the way that it should. This should be this should be a land. It should be a landslide. Don't get obesity tight, and don't get Michael Smith tight. Shout out to Michael Smith, man. I'm so happy that he has got his own platform. If you guys don't know, Michael Smith was a uh, worked for ESPN for a long number of years. Um, as a contributor at first, um, on shows like Around the Horn, on shows like uh, um. Numbers Never Lied. I was his first ESPN talk show. And then him and Jamel Hill partnered up, created the His and Hers podcast, and then created the His and Hers show, which then was so popular that they got the um, six o'clock sports center, uh, six o'clock sports center program, the hour. Um, but because of one Jamel Hill being that HBIC that she is, um, you know, and her comments against Donald Trump and they're not supporting them as opinion um, generators and they wanted them to be um, just company men and not express themselves and not be culturally relevant. And that's what made his and her so popular. It ended up ending. And Michael Smith ultimately left ESPN. Jamel Hill ultimately left ESPN. Um, but I'm just so happy for that brother, man. He's doing a show currently on the Peacock Network, which is an NBC streaming um, NBC streaming service. Um, let me get the name of it because I'm a big fan of, of Michael Smith. I'm a big fan of Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill's killing shit. She got her podcast on Spotify. She's got, she writes for the Atlantic now. Um, but hold on, let me get Michael Smith, um, and his new show. What is it called? Uh, let's see here. It is called brother from another. Um, and it's hosted by Michael Smith and his longtime friend, Michael Holly, And it is broadcast via the NBC streaming service, Peacock. Um, if you guys want to check it out, if you guys remember who that was. Um, so shout out to Michael Smith, man. I'm happy for that, brother. And all right, let's do our NFL predictions. So first, I have to do a point of order. Last week, I kept saying that I was nine and four on my record, but I miscounted. I was actually 10 and four. So my record was not 47 wins. It was 48 wins. But I was a little too big for my britches because immediately after that, um, I went eight and six for week six picks. And I picked a lot of shit wrong. Tampa Bay over uh, over. Uh, I mean, Green Bay over Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay absolutely stomped Green Bay. Um I picked uh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons to lose, and they fucking won. I picked the Bengals to upset the Colts, and the Colts won. I picked the Giants to lose, and the Giants won. Like, I, I had a whole bunch of missteps. So I was 8-6 and six last week after my 10-4 and four, uh, uh, great week of week 5. My record for the year now stands at 56-34-1. That's still pretty damn good, but still. A lot of a lot of missteps in that one. We'll try to do better this week. So let's start uh, Thursday night football. I correctly predicted I got the Philly Eagles to beat the Giants. Um, but let's start with this slate of Sunday games. First game: P 
Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans. This is going to be a great game. Both teams are 5-0, but you already know the vibrations. You already know the vibrations. Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's fucking go. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Mapletron. That's what they're calling them now. Mapletron. Let's go. Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to go fucking 16-0, man. Let's go. You already know the vibes. Pittsburgh to win. Next game, Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons. I'm off that Falcons narcotic. Detroit Lions to win. Next game, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are going through it, man. Odell is not happy. Odell's not happy, dog. Baker Mayfield is less than average. Well, you know, he might just be average. But again, you know, when you get picked with the number one overall pick, people expect a lot. People expect you to overcome they expect you to be uh uh great early because you were picked so high and shout out to odell beckham jr man i know it's frustrating i know it is because he is so talented he is so fucking talented and how are you this talented but you're in an offense that literally cannot showcase your talent just get him the fucking ball have him run reverses have him do direct handoffs let him do some wildcat shit just get the ball into that man's hands because Odell Beckham Jr. is fucking incredible. And if you can't see that as a coach, just get this man the fucking rock, then you should not be a coach. So please, guys, I'm going to go out on a limb and take the Cleveland Browns to win this game, even though Joe Barrow is playing out of his mind. Get Odell the ball, and you will be successful. That's it. That's it. It's so simple. I'm taking Cleveland to win. Next game. Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints. The Saints have Michael Thomas, which is killing my fantasy team. I swear to God, he has not played in. He's played in one game week one and got hurt with an ankle sprain. And then he got suspended for week. Well, he was supposed to come back week five, but got suspended for punching a teammate. And then he fucked up his hand freaking practice, so he cannot play week six. <sighs> I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers to win. I'm taking them to win. Next game, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. The Jets and the Giants are the worst teams in football. I got the Buffalo Bills. Next game, Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team. The Cowboys better win this motherfucking game. If the Cowboys do not win this game, Mike McCarthy better start packing up his bags. I swear, if they lose to Washington, Mike McCarthy might get fired. They need to win this game urgently. I'll take Dallas to win. Next game, Green Bay Packers, Houston Texans. Uh, I got the Packers to win. They got embarrassed. Embarrassed last week by Tampa. So I got Green Bay to win and win big over Houston. Uh, next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Las Vegas Raiders. This game was rescheduled. It was originally supposed to be the 8 o'clock game on Sunday night. But a few, uh, a one Vegas Raiders offensive lineman contracted COVID and was placed on the COVID reserve list. And because he was such in close proximity with other offensive linemen, they were unsure whether or not this game would even be played. It's still kind of in jeopardy. Don't be surprised if this game is not played um, uh, because of the uh, in, in, uh, influx of COVID with, within the Las Vegas Raiders franchise at the moment. Um, but regardless, if the game is played, I got Tampa to win. Next game, San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots. This is going to be a great game because two things. One, Jimmy Garoppolo is returning to the New England Patriots. Two, he's not been playing that well. And three, Cam Newton 
played really, really poorly last week. But again, it's to be expected. He had contracted COVID. He was not able to play, not able to practice. You wouldn't imagine that he didn't look great. I'm taking the Patriots to win over the 49ers. Raheem Mostert, a 49ers running back, is injured. I think that'll play a big part. And I think Cam Newton is still playing with something to prove. So I got the Patriots to win that game. Next game, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos. That's easy. Kansas City, that's easy. Don't even need analysis. Kansas City. And they got Le'Veon Bell. Kansas City. Next game, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, I think it's super, super fucked up what happened to Tyrod Taylor, but that's how the cookie crumbled. Whatever. Justin Herbert actually is playing very, very well. I got the Chargers to win. The Sunday night game, Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be a really good game as well. This is going to be a really good game as well. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks to win because Russell Wilson is cooking, 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 cooking like Bobby fucking Flay. Um, and Arizona is a very good team. They embarrassed Dallas on Monday night. Um, but I just think that Seattle has what it takes to get it done. Russell Wilson is one of the clutchest quarterbacks in the league. He is the best player in the league right now, better than Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, just on the way that he has played this season so far. And the Monday night game, Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams. I will take the Los Angeles Rams to win, um, even though Chicago Bears defense is very, 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 very good. Very, very good. Um, but I think that Sean McVay is such a great offensive offensive minded coach that he will design schemes to effectively maximize the Los Angeles Rams and what they have to the table. Other notable stories um, in the NFL real quick is Tua is Tua time. The Miami Dolphins have decided to uh, go forward with the future with Tua Tugavailoa um, to start games from this point on in the season, benching Ryan Fitzpatrick. You kind of feel bad for the old man, Fitzy, because he was playing actually pretty well. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Young man, it's a young man's game. A young man's game. He played well. He did what he could in the six weeks. He won three games, lost three. But it's a young man's game. You know, it's a young man's game. Um, Fitzpatrick has definitely had a lot of time to play in this league. It's unfortunate because if you watch the interview, he was saying like, damn, it's been, like I just it's like I got fired and I have to go to work with the guys that just fired me. Like you kind of feel bad for him. You're like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. Like they just they tell you out of the blue. Hey, by the way, you're not going to play anymore. And then you have to go to the meetings with all the people who just told you that you weren't going to play anymore. You have to help train the guy who's going to take your spot. I mean, that's it's difficult. That is difficult. So. I hate to I hate to see it. Fitzpatrick definitely played better than a lot of people thought that he would play at this point in the season. Um, the Dolphins are three and three. So you would think, OK, well, he could just keep playing. I mean, he's not playing terribly, but it's a young man's game. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. This is not a Tyrod Taylor situation where the team injured Tyrod Taylor. You know what I'm saying? And you can have your own conspiracy theories on that. I have mine. I'll keep them to myself. This is the situation where we drafted this dude number five overall. We didn't even think that you would win three games this season, and you just so happened to. And it's time for to see what the kid has. It's just time. It sucks. It sucks to say, but it's just time to see what the kid has. I think Tua Tagovailoa is a very, very talented player, and I hope that he can have success in the league. Um, 
And again, I must say it. I have to keep saying it and saying it and saying it. Please do not bet with my picks. Last week should be an indicator. I was talking all my shit. I went 10 and 4 week 5 and then week 6. Back to reality, 8 and 6. I love betting. I mean, I love picking the games because I just love football so much. When you take a, make a decision to bet with the picks that I have made, you are that is a calculated risk that I assume that you will take all the uh, pros and cons of it. Meaning, I am not an expert. I am just a guy from the Bronx who likes to watch football. Do not bet with my picks. And if you still decide to do so, remember, if you lose money, Denzel will not help you recoup. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 38 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. Thank you to everyone who likes, subscribes, shares, supports, tunes in each week. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging on social media platforms. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Thank you to all the essential workers out there. And thank you to all the people out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Um, Again, um, thank you to social media for just informing me on the end SARS movement. Again, I had really no prior information about it. I was I'm very thankful for social media for just giving me a brief education. I'm glad that I was able to share that on the pod. If you want to get involved, you can just search the hashtag end SARS on Instagram and on Twitter. There's plenty of information on there. Um, it's very important. And also, guys, it is very important. Election is fast approaching. The election is fast approaching. The election is fast approaching. Please go out there. Use your voice. Let these motherfuckers know how you feel. Go out and vote. It is so important that we vote. It is so important that we vote. It is so important that we vote. A closed mouth will never get fed. A closed mouth will never get fed. Remember that. Remember that. So it is so important, guys, that we go out and vote. Don't Listen to none of the bullshit that you see on TV. Biden's killing it in the polls. Biden's murdering it in the polls. The same shit happened in 2016 with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. The same shit where every every initial poll said Hillary Clinton stomping Trump in the polls. He's stomping Trump in the polls. And what the fuck happened? You already know what happened. So it is so important, guys, that we go out and we vote. You cannot win the game in the first quarter. You cannot win the game in the second quarter. You cannot win the game in the third quarter. You win the game in the fourth quarter. To quote Pete Carroll, I have that clip. I'm going to play it. Um, I'm going to play it right now, actually. Can you win the game in the first quarter? No. Can you win the game in the second quarter? No. Can you win the game in the third quarter? No. Can you win the game in the fourth quarter? Remember, the game cannot be won in the first three quarters. The game can ultimately be won in the fourth quarter. This is the time where we need to activate ourselves and go out and vote. Go out and vote. And the question I have asked and I will continue to ask until the election, if you are a black person out there or a minority person out there who believes that their vote does not count, that their vote does not matter, then 
Can you please answer the question of why there are so many people out there in positions of power who want to stifle and stop minorities from voting um, via voter suppression? Open question. Anyone can answer it. Please hit me with the information that you think that you have. Um, we can have dialogue on that. Um, and I'm going to fade you guys out with a great song. I am returning to my R&B. I have given it. What was that? Five episodes where I just didn't do it. And I was very aware of it. I knew I, you know, I knew I had the thing. I wanted to play the R&B tracks. I'm back on it. Back with the R&B closeouts. Um, I'm playing a great, great, great song. It is called Broke by Ari Lennox featuring J.I.D., off of the album Shea Butter Baby. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 38. Have a great week, guys. Have a great weekend. And I will talk to you next week. We are out.
try to put Nah Baby, I'm, I'm in love with you. It's 